The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice and is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we're navigating the wellness minefield and will unearth the secrets to healthier living. We've got a special treat for all of you health-conscious listeners. Dr. Joe, a true sage in the world of wellness, is joining us once again. If you've caught our previous interview with him, you know you're in for some valuable insights. We're keeping things light on the jargon tonight. Instead, we're focusing on the big picture, the sort of things that make you pause and think about the choices we all make every day. Dr. Joe's got an act for breaking down complex health topics into bite-sized, easy-to-digest pieces of wisdom. We'll touch on some hot topics, like those headlines you've seen about fast food and health concerns. Dr. Joe will weigh in with a stake on what these headlines mean for our daily choices. We're also going to chat about everyday items like olive oil and get some practical tips for making better picks at the grocery store. Later, we'll chat about common sense ways to approach weight loss and health steering clear of those fads and quick fixes. And as always, we'll tackle how to sift through the clutter of health info out there, arming you with knowledge to make the best decisions for your well-being. So grab a comfortable seat and a healthy snack, because we're about to dive into another fascinating conversation with Dr. Joe. It's all about simple steps, clearer choices, and healthier living. And it's all coming up right here on Veritas. Stay tuned. Welcome to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To access tonight's full interview and all of our exclusive material, simply join the Veritas Plus family by clicking on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. And while you're there, don't forget to check out the Veritas store for a range of great products, including focused life force energy. Experience the power of FLFE with a 15-day free trial today. No credit card required. Discover the Veritas Digest series on Amazon. Multiple volumes, each unveiling the truths they don't want you to know. It's more than just reading. It's an awakening. Secure your copies today. If you're looking to get in touch with Mel, have a guest suggestion, or would like to provide feedback, Simply click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. So sit back, relax, and enjoy tonight's show. And now here's your host, Mel Hastelrick. And directly from Yuma, Arizona, I'd like to welcome Dr. Joe back to Veritas. Hello, Dr. Joe, and welcome back. How are you? Thank you, Mel. It's an honor to be back. Uh, I'm, I am doing great. I'm 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 excited to talk to you today about health and stuff. So, absolutely. And Joe, the last time we spoke, you were on Vox Populi, and we discussed a lot of paranormal stuff because you have gone through that a lot. So you're one of those few people who discusses both sides, the ethereal and the and the solid and the tangible. But what has happened with you in the past uh, few years since the pandemic? Um. So just some background on me. Uh, I was a hospitalist for for almost six years. I worked uh, in the Midwest for almost four years, and then I moved to Yuma 
Um, I currently have a discrimination EEOC case against Yuma Regional Medical Center uh, because they discriminated against me for my uh, exemption for the uh, for for the stinger. So um, that's that's been pending since September of last year. I expected to take years. Um, I are you saying they? Are you, get, sorry to interrupt you, but are you saying they let you go because you didn't take this the stinger? Yeah. So it said terminated without cause, and yet it was because I didn't go along with this little thing. So it wasn't really without cause. Number one. Number two, I have I I have pretty incriminating evidence that they did discrimination, and I shouldn't go into a lot of the details about that. But I have documents. I have lots of proof. It's just the problem is there's so many of these cases right now. And a lot of people I think went through remediation and they have gag orders and I'm not interested in money. I, I, I just want to shame them. I want them to be shamed for what they did. That's all I want. Um, I want, I want justice in that sense. Cause you know, I, I was thankful enough to get another job. Um, I'm actually a lot happier now working in, in uh, on the outpatient side. I have a lot better relationships with patients because they're not severely ill and I get to follow them. So it's a lot more rewarding. Uh, and it's, I would say it's a lot more cerebral than being a hospitalist by far. I mean, could go into that, but I, there, there's sometimes I miss being a hospitalist, like being able to look at all my own imaging, but, um, overall way better. I've always said, if I were a doctor, I want to be in the emergency room. That's where you see the real thing. You know, these doctors, you know, orthopedic surgeons, the people with the saws and all that. I hate seeing all the blood, but that's yeah. where really, really. I mean, I always say if something like that, if my bones are, I think it's uh, Dr. Andrew, Andy Hoffman, um, Kaufman mm -hmm. says that if you have a bone protruding out of your skin, that's when you go to the hospital. Uh, oh, yeah. But but if it's something that's chronic, you have to really look into what they're doing to you. Yeah, um, and it it helps if um, you can investigate it and and get a good history and 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 that's and that's why it's important to uh, be able to see a provider who can put some of that time in with you. And it's hard because um, we get a lot of time at my clinic, and even so, the the follow ups and the regular appointments are only twenty minutes. So that time can get burned up real fast. So, I mean, the, we could just talk about healthcare literacy and like what to expect from clinics because that's a whole other thing. A lot of patients get uh, really, really worked up about, well, I feel like nothing happened. It's like, well, you know, there's a, there's a lot to expect and not to expect. And it helps if a patient knows that stuff so that they get the most out of it. Now, let me begin by saying that some of the things you'll hear tonight I am not going to be attacking old doctors. There's good and bad everywhere. And you have to understand that a lot of these medical doctors go to medical school and they have to go through a toolbox that's provided to them. They cannot step outside of that or they lose their license, they lose their livelihood or worse. We were talking about this offline. Some of the people that I interviewed on, on Sanitas are no longer with us because they spoke the truth. But just one question before we begin with, with glyphosate, because this is something super important. Fear. How much fear do you think a lot of doctors use when somebody, they, 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 they do a lab test or an x-ray or what have you, and immediately they just put the fear. I mean, I had, my mother went through that a few years ago. 
where she was told, you need an operation immediately or you will die. Well, I convinced her not to. I explained to her why, and she's still fine and dandy now. Had she gone through that surgery at that point in time, a year before COVID, she would be dead by now. But this fear that most people say, doctor, whatever you say goes. Uh, I think uh, I think that that tool using, um, as we say, you put the fear of God in them, right? Um, that tool can be misused sometimes, definitely. There are serious cases uh, that I've seen where I tell my patient, you, you need to go to the hospital now or you're going to die. I have said that to people and I, at least once or twice a month, if not once a week, I, I get a patient with an acute illness. So there are times when we have to say that. So I will say, yes, I do. Uh, you could say I do use fear, but I I think of it more as I'm informing you of what could happen. Um, you know, uh, now it's another thing if I'm somebody offering a procedure and there's a financial conflict of interest, right? Using fear for that, that's 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 another story. But somebody with appendicitis with an acute abdomen and a fever of 39 Celsius and rigid abdomen, and the surgeon is saying, you need to go to the OR. I mean, they need to go to the OR, you know. So I do. But can it be abused? Certainly. Yeah, of course. In those circumstances, you have to. And it's not that you're using fear. You're just basically sharing the truth, your truth. Yeah. But, you know, there's a quote here that I saw a few days ago. This says, everyone is yelling at me. I want peer-reviewed articles and 10 sources. You see that all the time. The people want you to do the homework for them. And the person says, I laugh because you required zero proof of efficacy or ingredients signed an informed consent when you weren't informed and let people in parking lots give you shots and you went and got free French fries. That is the yeah. reality that we live in. Well, um, and the peer review process, uh, if if people knew what that entailed, then maybe they wouldn't be asking for so many of those peer reviewed papers because there's 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 a growing concern in the people who are paying attention that uh, the, the peer review process is corrupt at best. And it's sort of like, hey, hey, bro, you're my bro. You want to get this approved, bro? Yeah. Yeah, bro. I'll be your bro. That's more or less what peer review is. I mean, if uh, you're in the good graces of somebody, then you get your paper approved most of the time. I mean, it's and then you go back to conflicts of interest. Right. Um, in medical school, we learned EBDM. We had a whole thing called EBDM, evidence based decision making. And Mel, can you guess what the first and most important thing was they told us to look at in scholarly articles? Can you guess? I'm not even going to guess because it might be absurd. Look at who funded the study. Oh, there you go. That's that's the first most important thing. And that was what our teacher told us. And um, even then, I mean, you know. I came in, I came into the slaughterhouse with my eyes open. You know, I recognized things that I was, I was being taught. I'm like, yeah, I don't really agree with that. And I'm just going to move along. But that to me at the time, that sounded even a little kooky to me, but I, I can't tell you how spot on that is now. Just with aspartame, uh, for example, you have a neurologist on the payroll for uh, NutraSuite 
their email is at nutrisuite.org or whatever it is. And that's, and this uh, neurologist on their payroll is writing the toxicological articles saying aspartame is safe. You know, uh, all of the industry funded studies on aspartame showed that it is safe. 92% of the non-industry funded studies on aspartame show that it is not safe. And that was a review article uh, from several years ago. So, and I'm sure there's been more articles since then, but, uh, but you look at who funded the study, but you know, that's not even enough anymore. Who funded the study? That's, that's not even enough. You have to do little background checks on the authors now, because sometimes they'll say there's no conflicts of interest, right? But then you look at what the, what position the person holds and they're on the board of directors for a company that is connected to the thing being studied and no i didn't have any conflict. well yeah but because you're on the board <laughs> so you know but let me unpack this a little bit because this this reminds me of our good friend our late friend and for those who don't know dr betty martini passed away a few weeks ago and she was just a luminary just if you listen to our interview that we did probably at the beginning of when i started veritas then i transferred to the other show but she was great, and it reminds me that that is the reason why I started all these shows, because in 1992, I was told that if I didn't stop, this was just a, a serendipitous visit to a doctor for an unrelated cause. But I said, hey, by the way, I see that you have a, a natural health certificate on your wall. This is an MD. And uh, I told her, I have these headaches. I look at my hands. They're trembling. I feel like I have par Parkinson's. To make a long story short, it was NutraSweet, and it was monosodium glutamate combined. I was consuming that every day. And after that, I said to myself, how many millions of people are out there that don't know that they're developing these conditions without knowing? And that's why Dr. Betty Medjitet Martini's work was so important. And what you just mentioned about aspartame, I, I think what she said about Donald Rumsfeld, who later became the Secretary of Defense. But it was when Reagan was elected in 1980, he uh, was the CEO for Cyril, I believe, and he convinced the FDA to approve rat poison. And I believe it was yep. the Carter administration who declined to approve it. So there you have it. Yeah, aspartame was approved for human use in 1981, and it was approved to be put into liquid beverages in 1984. And uh, there's a whole bunch of very interesting bits about that. Brain tumors increased an appreciable amount in 1985. Uh, the best studies on aspartame were done abroad. They're not done in the United States. It's just not going to happen very much. Uh, uh, I had I had the pleasure and opportunity to speak with Dr. Betty a few times uh, via Dr. Dr. Deagle's show because because we would go on his show together years ago. And she she who also she, passed she, away by the way yes you know yeah so Betty Martini she passed away February seventeenth of this year and Dr. Deagle um, he passed away in May of this year. I think it was the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. So that was, so we lost two really, really big giants in alternative health, but, but, but Dr. Betty, she had told a story. Basically she, she somehow infiltrated an air force base. And then there were like 10 guys on point with their ARs, just, you know, pointing at her, like, what are you doing here? And she's just like, Oh, I'm just here to hand out flyers. And then they let her come inside and she sat down with them and, and, and had a drink with them. And, Basically, Betty claimed that she was the unofficial reason. Well, she was the reason that they unofficially have now banned their pilots to use aspartame. 
Really? I did not know that story. That's great. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine all the stories. And she's done stuff in other countries that, that I'm not even fully aware of. But but her website is still going. There's a guy who who, who picked up the torch. He's still wow. sending out the emails and it's still going. Speaking of the military, what do you think of all the people that were pushed to take the stinger? If we had to go to war and it seems like we might go and be going to war, how ready are we? And all these people that have health conditions, I read the, the actual numbers of people with with heart conditions and disabilities within our military, and they're not telling us. And it makes you wonder if our border, not too close from you, is left open because we need additional conscripts. Yeah, what, one thing I do know is that uh, our a significant number, if not all of our special forces, our special operators, they, they flat out refused. Um, they didn't get the shot because the way they saw it, Like, okay, you guys sunk 12 million and 12 years into me. Make me. Make me. They didn't get it. Um, Our other servicemen who got it under uh, duress, who were coerced into getting it, because that's what that's that's what this was, Mel. This this was coercion. um, Flat out. Um, They're winning lawsuits now. Some of them have won some lawsuits and they got a paltry amount of money. I think they got, what, 30,000 each. But if we have a war. Um, it's hard to say it's, it's really hard to say because there were different batches of these things causing different types of toxic effects on people. Um, but these are fighting age, uh, men and women, and it's, it's the 20 and 30 year olds that get a lot of those heart side effects. And I have personally seen patients with substernal chest pain that never went away after they got uh, one or two of these, uh, injections and, and they go and see the cardiologists and, and the cardiologist has nothing to tell them and says, yeah, 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 you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And then the patient just thinks, well, I'm crazy. You know, I, I think it looks pretty grim if we have to uh, deploy our troops that got that shot under duress. I read this the other day. I don't know if this is true or not, but I'll say it. Three types of shots were out there for Pfizer Moderna. One was placebo, which is the one that most of the politicians got, most of the elite, if they did have it. Then there's the second one, mRNA. And the third one, mRNA with SV40, the simian simian virus 40, which is the same that we had in the 1950s with the polio vaccine, which gave millions of people the C word. I'm going to try not to use that word. Right. Uh, well, that's interesting. Um, I think it's I think it's really hard to know what was actually in the vials just based on all the side effects and how Facebook censored uh, over 200,000 people from talking about their own side effects and how VAERS is basically just whitewashing all these reports. You know how long it takes to put in a VAERS report? I tried to do it once. It takes like 30 to 40 minutes. There's eight tabs and you have to go through each one and put all the person's information like, I don't know their social. I don't, you shouldn't have their social. I'm putting in a side effect here. Um, I don't like, I think, I think trust in this part of that industry has been betrayed so deeply. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's really hard to say what's actually in there, but I, but I, but I wouldn't be surprised if similar shenanigans happened as with the polio shot. Cause 
you look at the numbers on polio, polio went up after the shot was deployed. Um, you know, so. Something interesting that I did before we started the show today, I did an experiment. I was looking at a lot of medical terms on Google and I was laughing. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.